Welcome back to The Rock Pod, presented by the Royal Oak Chamber of Commerce. I am John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I am Lisa Bibby, your local neighborhood realtor with Keller Williams Advantage. I am Andrea Arndt, an attorney at Dickinson Wright. And I'm Trish Groove, third generation jeweler and owner of Your Personal Jeweler. So today we welcome Aaron McKay, who is the marketing manager for Stagecrafters, one of the many businesses in the Royal Oak Chamber that we're excited to have back in action as we emerge from the pandemic. Welcome, Aaron. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you got involved with Stagecrafters. I've been the marketing manager at Stagecrafters since September of 2017. I started part-time and uh, kind of moved my way up. So basically my job is just to make sure I get people to the shows and I have a lot of fun doing it. Butts in seats, right? That's the goal? Butts in seats. I was going to say that, but then I thought, is that kind of (laughs) weird? We're all friends here. It's fine. Okay. (laughs) I do mostly social media. I do really any kind of marketing you could imagine. I like to say I wear many hats at the theater, but I enjoy every one of them. So where do you mostly market? Good question, Andrea. So a lot of things that we do are on social media. We do things kind of within the city of Royal Oak. We find different ways to promote our shows within the community. And I can talk about that a little bit more in a little bit with our community partnerships that we do. But We like to be connected as much as we can with the chamber, with the Downtown Development Authority of Royal Oak, and any kind of local connection we have. We do know a couple actors who have connections to local radio stations and local television stations. So anywhere we can get a foot in the door, that's uh, that's usually where we start. Erin, I want to ask you a little bit about your background personally and how you got into marketing and this realm as far as, you know, where you went to school and how you sort of ended up where you are today and also what involvement you've had with the Royal Oak Chamber. Sure thing. So I graduated in 2016 from Michigan State with my advertising degree. So I knew I wanted to go into something like that. And this opportunity at Stagecrafters came up and I always knew I wanted to work with athletes, but actors were a little different, but they're also kind of similar. So it was kind of a no brainer for me. I mean, I I just picked right up and started running with it and I've met a lot of really amazing people and I I really do love what I do every day. It's it's very rewarding. Man, as far as the Chamber of Commerce, I am I'm so grateful that we have such a wonderful resource in the Royal Oak area to be able to help us do better with our shows. I truly feel like we can credit the Chamber for some of the patrons that we get. Nice. So when does the 2021 season begin and will there be any shows for the youth? Yes, uh, there will be shows for the youth. So the 2021 season starts in September. September 17th, we open Don't Drink the Water, which is a comedy about a family who goes on a trip to an Eastern European country and they get accused of being spies. So they get held in the embassy And the whole plot of the story is how they escape the embassy. So that opens in September. We have Cinderella, uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella opening in November. Then 9 to 5, which is the fun based on the movie of Dolly Parton in January, excuse me. And then Midsummer Night's Dream is our youth theater show that opens in March. And then we anchor our season with Mamma Mia in May. Well, those sound like some really exciting shows. What are some of your favorite past shows at Stagecrafters? Good question, Lisa. So I will say one of my favorite shows that we did at Stagecrafters was Ragtime in the fall of 2019. And there were a lot of reasons why it was my favorite. Uh, Not only is it a great show, but we were able to get so involved with our community during 
that show. So as I mentioned just a minute ago, we started something called our Community Cares Campaign in the fall of 2019. And basically what that means is we partner with other local nonprofits that relate to the theme of our show. So for this one, it was Freedom House Detroit. And Freedom House Detroit helps grant people from other countries legal asylum in the United States of America. And Ragtime, the plot of it is everybody's just searching for the American dream. So we partnered with them. We were able to make it a fun activity for the cast. They brought in essential items, toilet paper, soap. So we collected a bunch of items. We took two carfuls over to Freedom House after. We also did a little fundraiser for them. We ended up raising over $13,000. So that was very exciting. So I think just the whole plot of it was just showing what community theater can do for people, uh, just outside of theater even, just with our community and how we can impact people's lives. What an amazing way to give back to the community. Yeah. So one of my favorite shows that I've seen was Into the Woods. And the plot of that is what happens after all the Disney fairy tale movies end. You know, the princess marries the prince and they live happily ever after. Well, what really happens? It was fantastic. And I loved it even more because a lot of my friends were in it. Um, So it was super exciting to see everyone dressed up and, you know, such talent you have with your cast. So I encourage people to go to the theater. Uh, It's a wonderful experience and, and you do such good productions. So thank you so much, Andrea. It's very nice of you to say it's a lot of fun, too, because as you mentioned, people have ties to the community. So it's pretty cool when people can bring their coworkers, their family and and have them up there on stage. And we have a good reputation for having very high quality productions. So people really do feel like they're watching their loved ones up there kind of in a Broadway-esque uh, style. So it's pretty cool. Are these actors paid or is it really kind of like a volunteer passion hobby of people? That's a great question, Lisa. So all of our actors are volunteers. Uh, as a community theater, no one is paid. So uh, the paid people are the staff. And it's kind of just one of those for the love of the game. You have people that come after work every day and they come to rehearsals. They come and they build sets. They design costumes. They do makeup. And it's just something that they have a passion for and they've had a passion for a long time. Now, some of our actors studied theater in college and now they have their kind of regular nine to five jobs, but they still keep that passion on the side where they can come in after work every day, just sing a little, dance a little and enjoy everybody's company. Can anyone audition to be in the cast? And what's the audition process? Anyone can audition. Now, sometimes for some of our main stage shows, we require that people are 16 or 18 and up. Just kind of depends on the show. For our youth theater productions, the ages are between 7 and 17. And the audition process is pretty simple. It's, um, you know, we create an audition notice. And every once in a while, there'll be a, an audition workshop. So for a show, for example, we have Cinderella coming up. And that's going to be uh, a dance show as well as singing. So there will be a dance workshop at the end of July. And then the auditions are in August. So people can get prepared for that. We make sure that information is available on our website. We do social media promotions about it, create Facebook events, and make sure that it's very out there so that people can participate. So I was wondering, with all these people volunteering, what does the time frame look like if you decide that you want to try on your acting career and you come out and you get picked for this audition in one of these performances? What's the time frame? Is it once a week, a couple times a week, as far as rehearsals and then actual shows? So how it works is 
In the beginning, you start with a read-through. Usually the read-through is just kind of the first day, sometimes the first week too. And then you have rehearsals probably anywhere between three to four times a week. And then once you get closer to the show opening, that's when we get into our technical week. So we have all the costumes up, the makeup on, the lights, the sets done. And that usually is four or five days straight. So tech week can be a little a little stressful sometimes just because you're you're going every single day. Usually you start Monday and then we open our shows on Friday. So sometimes they'll go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, open Friday, and then we have a show Saturday and Sunday. So it can be a lot sometimes, but usually during the regular rehearsal schedule, which every show has about two to four months before they open, it's a couple days a week on average. You mentioned, Erin, that, you know, you have a lot of people who have this as a passion or a side hobby or just something they really enjoy doing with being volunteer. Have you had any situations where people have come through that are kind of on the upswing in the beginning of a career and they kind of use this to springboard into something bigger? Absolutely. We are very excited about one of our StageCrafters alumni, Yana Perot. She was actually selected to be on Hamilton in New York before the pandemic, unfortunately. When the pandemic happened, Hamilton stopped for a while. So she actually is pursuing other opportunities right now. She's doing the live action Powderpuff Girls movie. So that's pretty (laughs) exciting. We're excited for her about that. She was in Jagged Little Pill on Broadway for a while. And so she's done some big Broadway shows and we're very excited for her. So to see her talent come out of StageCrafters, it's, it's very exciting for all of us. And just to see where she is now, we're always cheering her on. Oh, that's, that's super exciting. You spoke a little bit about the pandemic and Hamilton getting delayed. Are there any shows that were delayed with your organization? Yes, we did have a couple shows. So it was, you know, like everybody, we were just hitting our stride and uh, and everything just kind of shut down. We were actually supposed to open one of our shows the weekend. Everything shut down back in March of 2020. So now Don't Drink the Water, which is opening our 2021 season, that was actually going to be in April of 2020. So the production team was in motion. We had already done our publicity photos. We had already started our promotions and then everything shut down. So we're really happy we're able to bring that back. The cast is still pretty much intact. They only had to recast one person. So that was pretty exciting. So that's going to open the the season. And then Mamma Mia actually was supposed to be in May of 2020 as well. So they were also in rehearsal. So that's going to be opening in May of 2022. So two years later, but most of the cast is staying together. So that's very exciting for us. Kind of to answer Trisha's question from earlier, the only two shows that we're not really going to be doing auditions for are Don't Drink the Water and Mamma Mia, just because most of the cast is returning. Well, that sure makes things a little easier. I'm sure everyone's super excited (laughs) for the new dates. All the hard work that they've done already, they can finally perform. Yeah, it sounds like they have a lot of time to practice their lines, too, which is a good thing. <laughs> or forget them. <laughs> or forget them, yeah. And that could just happen walking on stage, just that stage fright. And even though you've rehearsed it and you have it memorized, those lights hit you and it just your mind goes blank. So Royal Oak is celebrating their 100-year anniversary. And how has this influenced any of the shows that you guys are going to be performing? Great question, Lisa. We definitely want to make a splash this season. Obviously. Virtual entertainment is not the same as in person. You, you just don't get that same feeling you do when you walk into a theater that you do when you open your computer screen. So 
we're hoping to do several things to just kind of make a splash. And, you know, we say that as as a joke, but also serious because our first show is Don't Drink the Water, Make a Splash. <laughs> so we're looking to see how we can get more involved with the Royal Oak community. So we're partnering with restaurants as much as we can. We're partnering with stores downtown. We want to make sure people know that we're here to stay and we're, we're so grateful that we're still around. I mean, this is a very important We like to think we're an important organization in this community. I mean, we've been here in this building since 1985, and that's something we want to stick around for. We know what the past people who have started Stagecrafters did to kind of get this organization moving, and we want to just see it continue to to flourish. And so we're going to do everything we can with the community, with the DDA, with the chamber to make sure that we honor 100 years in Royal Oak. That's wonderful. You mentioned that you have partnership opportunities with local businesses how does that work? Are you contacting them? Are they reaching out to you? I contact different restaurants. Um, We're doing something where our season ticket holders will have a restaurant card. When they take that to a handful of Royal Oak restaurants, they will be able to get a 10% off discount. So it's kind of a perk of being a season ticket holder. Basically, it's just one of those things when I I call, I say, hey, I'm calling from Stagecrafters. How can we work together? We want to make sure that we're promoting you guys as much as you're promoting us. And if anything, we learned from the pandemic is shop small. So we want to make sure that we really encourage people to do that and to get excited about coming here and to get into a routine again of, hey, let's go shopping. Let's go to a show. Let's go get some dinner or lunch or after show drinks and and really just boost up our community. Do you ever have any events in which you kind of pair up dinner and theater? That's a great question, Andrea. So we haven't done anything like that since I've been at the theater. What we've been doing is pre-glows with our donors, which is kind of different uh, before opening night. So uh, any any person that's donated to Stagecrafters, we like to bring them in and, and allow them to kind of have a, a nice little meal before the show. But that's definitely something we've thought about as far as dinner theater. I know that that's kind of something that a lot of people really enjoy doing, but we haven't done anything like that recently, but that's definitely a good idea. I know there's a new restaurant that's opening up right across from you guys. I want to say it's on Lafayette, but it's called Imaginate. And it's a whole entire experience. They have like little mini shows that play on a, like across your plate. But I think it would be a great fit. Wow. Yeah. Trish, thank you so much for that suggestion, because I think that that would be awesome. I'm definitely going to have to contact them. I think I did something like that on a cruise once where there was like the little fisherman on the plate and he like goes and catches the lobster or something like that. It was a really cool experience. So we'll have to check that out. Definitely. Can you tell us a little bit about the Community Cares campaign? Absolutely. Thank you, Trish, for asking about that. So as I mentioned, uh, when we worked with Freedom House, that was just the most humbling, rewarding opportunity any of us have ever had. It just opens your heart up to think about people outside of just the theater community. So of course, we want to get people to come to see our theater. There's a lot of people in Royal Oak, actually, that have never been to our theater before. And so obviously, we're working really hard to change that to get people more excited and to understand that it's a theater. We have a big, beautiful brick building. There's not a lot of windows, though, because windows kind of don't go that well with indoor theater. So we're trying to make sure we encourage that as much as possible. But with the Community Cares campaign, we've been able to get a whole new group of people into see our theater. And in addition, we're helping out our community, which that's something that's very important to us. So in addition to Freedom House Detroit, we worked with Gilda's Club. They do um, kind of cancer care 
and that's uh, in Royal Oak also. So that was really amazing uh, for our show Noises Off back in November of 2019. We worked with Say Detroit, which is Mitch Album's organization for our January show in 2020. And then right before the pandemic hit, we worked with MK Blanket Raps for our youth theater show. And MK Blanket Raps was started by Kate and Mackenzie Martin. And they are two girls, two high school girls, who make blanket wraps out of fleece blankets and pass them out to the homeless in Royal Oak, Ferndale, Detroit. And it was just a no-brainer to partner with this youth group because youth helping youth is exactly what we want to promote at the theater. And so it was it was amazing having them there. We're so proud of all of our community partners. When we hear about good news that's happened to them, we make sure we we send them an email, we give them a pat on the back because we're all in this together and we really believe that. Well, thank you again. We're so grateful that you guys are such a big part of this community. And before we get to the fishbowl question of the day, I was curious. I know a lot of craziness happens behind the scenes backstage. So do you have any really funny or interesting stories about what happens behind backstage? Wow. Thank you, Lisa, for asking. Let me think about this for a second. I don't know if it's funny necessarily. I think it's just really eye opening to see how much happens behind the stage. I mean, so obviously when you go to a theater, you know, you you see the people on stage and you think, oh, this is so cool. Look at them up there dancing and singing because I can't do any of that. So it's uh, it's pretty cool to see. But when you're backstage, I think the craziest thing is how small it is back there. And sometimes when you have a big cast, it's, you know, people are in the wings of the stages and it's just crazy to see how you've got set pieces back there. You've got, you know, people making sure that they're reading through the script just in case, you know, God forbid anybody forgets a line or uh, you got makeup people back there. And so it's just there's a lot of people back there. But the energy back there is always so cool. But to answer your question about funny stories, I don't think I really have any that I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, apparently there's a there's a ghost at Stagecrafters that we've heard about. Um, her name's Matilda, but <laughs> she's pretty friendly. I've never had an issue with her. Um, how does she show up? Yeah. How do you know about her? <laughs> It's something that some of our members have talked about that they've said that they felt her presence before as they've walked up the stairs at the theater. You know, I've been there by myself late at night sometimes, and I never have encountered her or seen her, but I think she's friendly. I look at it like she's really looking over the theater. I might say that that's the funniest thing I've heard, just because some people have said, think that they've gotten pictures of her. Some people have said that they've seen her. So I would say that that might be one of the funniest stories Uh, that I can think of off the top of my head. (laughs) Well, it sounds like she can't get enough of stage life. And, you know, I wanted to make a comment on that because people really don't realize what happens behind the scenes. And I actually props out to the AGT, you know, the big TV show, because they actually started showing what happens behind the scenes. And you don't realize that there's lighting and rigging crews and all of these people back there. So I, I love... That And I don't know if you guys do that, but even doing like little videos and posting it on your social media of that behind the scenes, I think would be really fantastic for the community to see what is involved. You know, I'm all about giving credit where credit is due. And we're so fortunate to have such a great membership of people that literally come right from work and they stay till 
sometimes early into the morning, just building and sawing and all day long when I'm at the theater, I, I, I can hear them working on stage. And it's those people that, yeah, you don't see them on stage when you come to see the show, but you know, they played a very instrumental part in making sure that the show is successful. And when you think about the team aspect, there's a lot of people on the team. I mean, our playbill is full of all the people that work on the show, but if they had to line up across the stage, it would be a lot of people. And it's, it's very cool to see the community come together for this. That's a pretty good point. You can get involved without being an actor or an actress. You can kind of do more of the behind the scenes, do the makeup, do the construction of all the scenery, the costumes, lighting and other things too. So very, very exciting. That's kind of one of the interesting things about it. We have some people who don't even like to go on stage. They, they direct, they produce, they do makeup, they, yep, the lights. We like to say that there's something for everyone at Stagecrafters, no matter what your interests are. Yeah, I would definitely tune into some behind the scenes of everyone. Something that I've always wondered is how do you guys change outfits and makeup so fast in between scenes? That's a great question, Trish. I would say, because I'm not usually backstage when that happens, but I know that as people are in the wings, sometimes they have to do a quick change. So the dressing rooms in the theater are downstairs from the stage room. So it's you're not always able to get down there quick enough to change. So uh, I think that sometimes it just has to be in, in the backstage portion of the stage. It's magic. It just happens. <laughs> a lot of hard work. All right, and now it is time for our fishbowl question of the day, where we pull a totally random question for you. Andrea, can you pull our fishbowl question of the day? Absolutely. All right. Oh, this is pretty interesting. All right. So, Aaron, you are a mad scientist. What scientific experiment would you run if money wasn't an issue? Wow, you know, and I think... I am going to relate this to one of our shows we did. We actually did Frankenstein. So I would have to say, if I had to think about this off the top of my head, I would like to bring a robot to life. <laughs> I think that would be pretty cool. I don't think we're too far away from that in, a, in our current technology where we are right now. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I know a lot of that technology and I will not say anything. You are legally prohibited from saying anything, Andrea, with all the patent work you do. I, I know. Hence I said, I will be quiet. <laughs> well, Erin, thank you so much for joining us today and telling us a little bit more about Stagecrafters. We're so thrilled that you guys are back and in person and we can get some in-person entertainment here in the area. How can people find out more about Stagecrafters, websites, social media, anything you want to plug? The best ways to reach us are by visiting our website, stagecrafters.org. Our tickets are on sale and you can also subscribe to our email list, which is on our website, and visit us on social media. And what's the handle on social media? StagecraftersMI. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Erin. It was great speaking with you, and I look forward to attending some shows in the near future. So my name is Andrea Arndt. I am an intellectual property attorney at Dickinson Wright, and I help my clients protect their inventions and build their brands. You can find me on LinkedIn and on our website, www.dickinsonwright.com. I'm Trish Carruth, third generation jeweler and owner of Your Personal Jeweler. I specialize in creating custom engagement, wedding rings, and fine jewelry. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at The Personal Jeweler or our website, www.thepersonaljeweler.com. My name is Lisa Bibby, and I am a realtor with Keller Williams Advantage. 
I put the real back in realtor. You can count on me to help you navigate the complexities of buying or selling your home. You can find me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Sold by Lisa B. And I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcast for help creating a podcast, improving your podcast, or anything to do with podcasts. You can find me at jagindetroit.com or on social media at jagindetroit. And if you enjoyed this episode of The Rock Pod, we encourage you to subscribe to this podcast in Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. And for more information on the Royal Oak Michigan Chamber of Commerce, you can go to royaloakchamber.com. Thanks, everyone. 